everybody. It's 6 a.m. in the morning uh, for the first day of five days of, of prayer. Um, and we'll get started in just a second. And kind of how it's going to flow is I'm just going to get us started with a scripture reading. We'll go into some worship. If you want to just move around the room, you can move around wherever you want to. If you want to you know, come to the altar, if you want to lay down somewhere, if you want to pace, you know, this whole room is your room to work with. Um, so let's worship. Then we'll have some guided prayer time and then some intercessory prayer time as well. But I want to read. First Peter 3, starting at verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact. Beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. Now, that's what Peter's saying. I feel the opposite. I feel like God is very slow fulfilling his promises uh, to me and to my family and, and the things I feel like God has said. But he says he is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you or Many versions say long-suffering toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works there that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things thus be, will be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and new earth, in which righteousness dwells. That God is not slow, God is patient. And the reason he hasn't come back, the reason he hasn't fulfilled all his promises, is he's giving people time to jump on the boat. It's almost like the day of Noah, that instead of just going forward the flood he's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for more people to jump on the boat so we can rescue the most amount of people as possible and what's going to come with the new heavens and the new earth and so this morning we're going to pray and just think through the patience of God towards us personally how he's been long-suffering towards us and merciful towards us and then pray that those that he's waiting on can return back to him and that the promises we're waiting on that we can see come to fruition and fulfillment and stand on these promises of God. And so, Father, we just thank you uh, for this morning that we can stand here in your presence, that we can seek your face, that we can hear your voice. And I pray for everyone that's here. That, Father, as they're here, they're sacrificing sleep, they're sacrificing time, they're sacrificing uh, comfort, that, Father, you would meet them at this place. And as you meet them, Father, they can get a glimpse of your presence. They can hear your voice clearly, distinctly. Those who are seeking you and seeking answers or direction or guidance in these next few moments, in these next few days, they can get a direct answer straight from heaven. Father, just as Daniel was waiting for an answer, and they said, we answered your prayer 21 days ago, but there's a great fight, a great battle between the heavenlies, between the angels of God and the angels of Satan, that there's a battle taking place. We're praying right now for those angels to be successful so they can deliver the messages from heaven to the people of heaven here on earth. So we rebuke every doubt, every fear, every worry. We rebuke every assignment of the enemy. And Father, we pray for clarity. We pray for direction. We pray for power. We pray for rest. And we pray, Father, above all, that we can sit at your feet. And just as you told me, it's not Mary over Martha, it's Mary before Martha. That these moments of sitting at your feet determine and direct every other moment. That Father, before we can go and do, we have to sit and be. And right now, I just pray that you help us become sons and daughters. 
to rest at your feet, to rest in your presence, to rest in your provision, to rest in your protection. And that you can remind us that you're pleased with your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. My soul waits for you alone. Just like the watchman waits for dawn. And here I finally found the place where we'll meet the Lord face to Finally found where I belong. I finally found where I belong in your presence. Finally found where I belong. Just to be with you, to be with you. I finally found where I belong. I finally found where I belong in your presence. I finally found where I belong. Just to be with you. Presence is all I am waiting for here in the secret place. In this is all I am longing for here in the quiet place. My soul waits for you alone. Just like the watchman waits for dawn. 
And here in your presence, God, I find my rest. Here in your presence, God. Here in your presence, God, I find my rest. Here in your presence, Lord. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be, no. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be, no. Be. 
So faithful, God. You're so faithful. You're faithful, God, in every season. Every season. Oh, dear. 
you of kind of why we do these moments, which I think are, are special moments, uh, not just for the church, but for us as people. In Luke chapter 10, uh, it's in verse 38, it says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. It's interesting. I feel like there's Jesus kind of paralleling two different churches that Martha welcomed Jesus into her house, but she wasn't sitting at his feet. Mary wasn't there to welcome Jesus into her house, but she was sitting at his feet. I think in many ways, we, we try to get Jesus to come to where we are, and Jesus is inviting him, us to sit at his feet. And he said, you're, you're troubled with so many things, Martha. You're anxious, you're troubled, you're distracted. And I'd say for, for most of the American culture, especially a lot of the church, there's a lot of anxiety, distraction, and troubled about things that may come. And, 
And so Martha's in that state where she's busy with doing a lot of stuff, busy trying to serve God, busy trying to make sure he has everything he needs. And he still says, "What well, you're distracted from what's best. And what's best is before you can do any of that other stuff, is you have to learn to sit at my feet. And Mary, as she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, was listening to his teaching, but beyond that, she was listening to his heartbeat. And the only way you can get a, a functional rhythm in life, the only way you can get a functional heartbeat in life is for your heartbeat to come into alignment with the heartbeat of Jesus. And you only get in rhythm with his heart by sitting at his feet and hearing his heartbeat against your ears. And when you learn to sit at his feet, which is one of the most difficult things to do as an American Christian, because there's so much to do. There's so many things on my to-do list. There's so many things that I could accomplish, so many things I could do for the Lord. There's so many things that we could do to accomplish greater feats for God and to serve him better. So many other things we can do. And Jesus says, no, no, you can do those things, but this is the best portion. In these moments of prayer meetings are moments for you just to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. There's, there's no ushers, there's no greeters, there's no parking lot, there's no kids ministry. This is literally a time for you to sit at the feet of Jesus, to realign your heartbeat back to the heartbeat of the Father. And as you realign that heartbeat, you'll, you'll learn rest in a way you've never learned rest before. Your mind will be settled in ways you've never had your mind settled before. And you'll discover peace that surpasses understanding. All while you learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. Because everything you need is at the feet of Jesus. He has every provision you need. He has every answer you need. He has all the wisdom you need. He can protect you while you're sitting at his feet. It's perfect rest and perfect trust. So as we pray this morning, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to pray this together, and then we'll go to some intercessory prayer moments. But there's a prayer I pray almost every single day called the Fellowship Prayer by Mike Nichol. And the fellowship is an acrostic, and it means, the F means fear of, fear of the Lord. The E is endurance. The first L is, is love. The second L is light of glory. The O is to overcome. The W is to walk worthy, or the O is one thing. The W is to walk worthy of being a child of God. The S is for our speech to be like the speech of heaven. H is for humility. I is for insight. And the P is for peace. And so I'm going I'm to pray that. If you just want to pray along with me, I'll kind of introduce each kind of point and you can pray along with me. But as we pray the F, the F we're praying for the fear of the Lord. Father, we thank you that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Not fear of you, but fear to disappoint you and fear to be outside of your presence. Fear to, to disappoint. Uh, please you in any way. And Father, we, right now we just pray that you give us a fresh revelation of the fear of the Lord. Father, a fresh revelation of holiness, a fresh revelation of the power, the fresh revelation of the kingdom, the fresh revelation of the throne of heaven. And Father, as we see you for who you truly are, high and lifted up, I pray there's a reverence in our hearts, there's a reverence in our minds, there's a reverence in our lifestyle, there's a reverence in our churches. Father, we also pray for endurance, that you give us the endurance to persevere every temptation of the enemy. No matter what he throws at us, no matter what he sets in front of us, no matter how he tries to distract us, that we can endure and persevere every single temptation. 
Father, we can endure every shifting wind of culture. We can endure every fad of church world. Father, we can endure and stay focused on running the race you set before us. Father, we thank you for your love. And we pray right now that your love can overflow through our hearts. And Father, we know we cannot love until we understand the love you've given us. And Father, we just pray that we understand the unconditional, everlasting, never-ending love that you have for us. A love that transforms us from the inside out. A love that changes the way we see life. A love that changes the way we see people. A love that changes the way we see ourselves. And we pray, Father, that we can receive the love you've given us. But Father, also extend that love to those around us, to our friends, to our families, to our spouses, to our brothers and sisters, even, Father, to strangers and to our enemies, Father, that you give us a love that moves beyond anything the world has ever seen before. Father, for the next day, we just pray for the light of your glory. Father, everything we can do can reflect your glory here on earth. Father, that our speech, our lifestyle, our behaviors, our thought life, Father, everything we do can reflect heaven, Father. It can be heaven in our lives, heaven through our minds, heaven through our behavior, heaven through our decisions. And that, Father, everything that happens can lift up the name of Jesus. Father, for the, oh, we just pray that you could be our one thing. If everything else was to fade away and all we had left was you, there'd be more than enough. That, Father, we could stand like Job and have everything taken away, our jobs, our careers, our bank accounts, our finances, our savings accounts, Father, even our families, Father, our homes, our cars, everything, if we're left desolate and only left with your presence, it'd be more than enough. Father, give us a heart that's anchored in you being our one thing. Father, we pray for the W, we pray that we can walk worthy of being called sons and daughters of the King. That, Father, we can walk tall, we can walk strong, we can walk bold, we can walk courageous. But, Father, we can also walk in humility and in love. That, Father, the way we walk is guided each and every step by your Spirit. And as your Spirit leads and guides us, Father, step by step, we step around temptation, we step around sin, and we step towards holiness, we step towards your mission, we step towards advancing your kingdom, and that every step we take, takes up new ground for the kingdom of heaven. Father, we pray for the S, we pray for our speech. We pray that for our speech shall not be that that reflects or echoes the things of the world, that doesn't reflect or echo division or hatred or even lust or, or tearing people down or division or gossip. Father, our speech can echo the words of heaven. Our speech can build up those around us and never tear down. Our, our speech can encourage and not discourage. Our speech can prophesy into those around us. Father, you give us words of, from heaven to speak into the lives of the people around us. That our words can produce life and not death. They can produce blessing and not curse. That, Father, our speech, that we can think about every single word we share, that there is no vain language, there's no empty language. Every single word carries with it the weight of heaven. Father, we pray for the H, which is humility. We just pray that you keep us humble. You allow for us to have the attitude of Jesus, the towel and basin, that we're willing to kneel down and serve those around us. Even people, Father, we don't agree with, even people with different opinions or different ideas than we have. 
people would, uh, maybe they betrayed us or offended us. Father, we can have this attitude of humility that we're willing to serve, not just the least, but we're willing to serve those that even despise us and hate us. Father, we pray for the eye and insight. We pray for you, Holy Spirit, that every time we open up your word, that you give us fresh revelation of who you are and who we are that you give us insight into the spiritual realm, knowing what's going on behind the scenes of our world, that we can see the root cause of people's issues. We can see the root cause of sickness and a disease and anxiety and depression. We can see the root of the spiritual realm and that we can have insight, revelation, knowledge, words of knowledge, words of prophecy, words of faith that spring up from the insight, Holy Spirit, that you give us. And Father, lastly, we pray for the peace is peace. We pray that you give us a peace in Jesus that surpasses understanding. That when the world is chaotic, when our lives are chaotic, when our schedules are chaotic, we have a peace that surpasses what's going on in our lives. That our peace doesn't come from our circumstances, it comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For we pray for a peace that settles our soul like the waters of heaven where there's no ripples nor no waves. It's like a sheet of glass that we can rest in, trust in, sit in, and dwell in. So Father, we thank you for meeting with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. As our verse, as we're going to intercede for a minute, as our verse is 2 Peter chapter 3, with uh, the Lord is long-suffering. Long-suffering is a word that also means suffering long. So long-suffering and suffering long. I mean, God is willing to suffer long, and he gives us the reason for that is a promise of salvation and he's waiting and waiting and waiting or he's suffering long, he's long suffering, he's waiting patiently for those to come to repentance to receive the promise he has in store for them. One person said that, that long suffering is actually power and patience coming together. Meaning God has the power to change something immediately but the patience to wait until it gets the absolute maximum impact result possible. So God has the power to, to come back right now and set everything back the way it's supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. He has the power to bring the new heavens and the new earth down right now and get rid of all evil and all suffering. But he also has the patience to wait for sons and daughters, for prodigals, lost people, for broken people, to be awakened spiritually, to come back to repentance, to receive the promise that Jesus died for them to receive. And so this, this dichotomy of power and patience is really what motivates us and drives the mission of God and our prayer life. That we can pray because we know God is powerful enough to answer our prayers and to do what God has promised he'll do. But he's also patient enough to wait on us until we realize how powerful he is. And as we lean on those two things, we can walk out the mission of God and stand believing that our, our friends, our family that are lost, that are unsaved, that have turned away from God, our prodigal sons and daughters who grew up in the house of God, who grew up here in the word of God, who grew up under the principles and precepts of God, that, that have went to spoil their inheritance, that at some point God is going to draw them back home to the Father. 
And it's because of the power of God, we know that he can draw them back. But it's the patience of God that just like the father and the prodigal, prodigal son story, it's the patience of God who gets up every day, who gets up and sees and looks out. Is this the day my son or daughter comes home? It's the patience of God that gets him up every single morning looking and waiting, trying to draw all men to repentance. And it's the patience of his people that just as God stands up, we stand up and we pray for so-and-so to come home every single day. We pray for God to awaken those who are spiritually asleep. We pray for God to awaken those who've been caught up in the distractions and the slumber of the world, to awaken them out of their sin and draw them back to the Father's house. It's because he's long-suffering. He's suffering long, waiting for them to repent. And so right now I want everybody to stand up, just kind of get your blood flowing. We're going to do three prayers. We're going to pray. One for prodigal sons and daughters, and everyone in this room knows somebody by name who has known God and has turned away from God and is serving the world, that God is waiting for them to come back home. And as we pray, I want you to begin lifting up their name. Even if you just have one name, I want you to lift it up over and over and over again. If it's John, John, Father, bring John back home. God, awaken John. Awaken him from his sleep. God, awaken him from his sin. God, make sin taste sour and bitter in his mouth. Remind him how sweet and good the Lord is. Father, and start just name his name, his name, name her name, name it, name it, name it. The second prayer, we're going to pray for the lost that have never known God. That God will reveal himself to them, whether through the preaching of the gospel either through digital means and online means, whether through podcasting, whether through visions and dreams like he's doing right now with the church in Iran and Afghanistan, that God will awaken and begin to reach the lost through any means necessary. And thirdly, we're going to walk around and pray over this sanctuary that is when people come in, they're awakened spiritually and drawn back to the Father. So right now, let's pray for prodigals. Father, we thank you that you are a father of the prodigal sons and daughters. Like Jesus truly and authentically and in an incredibly powerful way illustrated the love that you have for all your sons and daughters through the story of the prodigal son, Father, that even though you'd given him his inheritance and he straight away and spoiled it and spent it and was living in the pigsty, he was awakened to the fact that as I'm eating out of this pigsty, even the servants in my father's house eat better than this. Father, he was awakened to the reality that the father had more for him than the world had for him. And right now, Father, we lift up prodigal sons and daughters that may be tasting of the world. And Father, right now we pray that the taste of the world becomes a pigsty to them. And Father, in the middle of the pigsty, they're awakened to the reality that it is sweet and pleasant in the house of the Lord. That Father, your words are sweeter than honey. Your presence is more powerful than any power in the world. Your presence is more peaceful than any peace they can find in any good night's sleep. And Father, they're awakened and they're drawn back to the Father's house. And Father, I pray as they start to, to turn back that you meet them right where they are and you draw them, not through the law, not through legalism, but by the love of God and the love of the Father, it compels them to repentance. And Father, as they're drawn back, Father, I pray, they don't just come back to the Father's house, they come back, you put a ring upon their finger, you put a robe upon them to cover them in all their sinfulness and all their wickedness, you cover them and make them brand new like nothing ever happened before. So Father, we're lifting up prodigals by name right now in this place. The hearts of moms and dads in this room lifting up the names of their sons and daughters. The 
those friends in this room lifting up the names of their friends they love dearly, brothers and sisters. Father, I pray as they lift up each name, that, Father, begins to echo through the throne room of heaven. And, Father, I pray that you begin to release angels into their lives, to begin to stir the waters of their heart, to begin to stir the waters of their lives, to stir the waters, Father, to get it turbulent enough to turn them back around towards the Father's house. Father, we pray that you begin to remind them of the roots of the gospel in their lives that was spoken into their lives in kids' ministry or by their moms or their dads, the words of prophecy that moms and dads prophesied over their children, that that root, even though it may be covered by soil, by the world, by dirt and by grime and by culture, that that seed, that root is still there underneath. And Father, I pray just as when spring comes, that root begins to push through the soil. I pray they can start being reminded of that root and start seeing the blade of grass push through the soil and to start seeing some life again in their life. that you sent your son Jesus to come and redeem and to gather and Father right now we know that lost people are not stupid they are not dumb Father they are blind they are blind to the Father's love Father either through tradition or through culture or through uh, church hurt Father they are blind to the reality of how deeply you love them that, Father, your greatest desire is to see them back into your embrace, Father, to dwell with you forever and ever in heaven. That, Father, you promised them abundant, everlasting life. That, Father, we know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come to give abundant life. And, Father, we know the enemy has stolen their sight. They can no longer see the goodness of the Lord. All they see is the suffering and the evil, and they put it all on your plate. And, Father, right now we just pray for an awakening of the lost. And Father, begin to see who Jesus truly is. That they won't see a religion, they'll see a Savior. They won't see tradition, they'll see a Redeemer. And Father, begin to see Jesus. Father, we're praying right now through the words of friends that can share the gospel. Father, share the love of the Father. Father, through acts of kindness, through good Samaritans. Father, either through digital means, they can just come across YouTube feeds of preachers preaching the gospel. Father, either through people that just randomly have prophetic words for them or words of knowledge that awaken something inside of them. Father, we pray for the scales of their eyes to fall off just as Paul, the scales of his eyes fell off so he could see who you truly were. 
So, Father, we're praying for an awakening, not just here in the shoals, but in the shoals. Father, we're praying an awakening that church upon church upon church, from Baptist churches to Church of Christ churches to Methodist churches to Pentecostal churches to Spirit-filled churches to non-denom churches, begin to see an awakening of the lost. A move of repentance where the lost are found, they're gathered, they're redeemed, they're saved, they're delivered. And it becomes the norm for lost and broken people to be reached and redeemed by the people of God. And thirdly, Father, we just pray for this people, this church, to be a prodigal-friendly church. To not be like the older brother who's trying to maintain position or maintain their place or try to keep their status with the Father and they're afraid they're going to lose that status or that position. And Father, we can be a prodigal-friendly church. Or Father, we're looking out expecting people to come home. And Father, when they come home, there is no hierarchy, Father. There's only family that we draw in and give them a place at the table of the Lord. And so Father, we pray right now, for our drawing, and, and if you would, everybody over the room, I just want you to begin walking past the pews, begin praying over each pew. So no matter where you're at, you can walk through the, if you're in the balcony, start praying over those. But Father, we pray for every single pew in this room. Father, these pews are not just places to sit, they are not seats, they are not places for spectators. These pews are literally seats at the table of the Lord. That they're places of invitation. That when people sit in them, Father, they're literally sitting at the feet of Jesus, he begins to serve them his word, serve them his love, serve them his salvation, serve them his healing, serve them his deliverance, serve them his redemption, serve them his freedom. That, Father, these are places that are open opportunities for a move of God in people's lives. And Father, we pray for the people that sit around them. They'll find those who are lost and broken. They'll find those who feel alone. And they'll invite them into family. Father, I'm reminded of the young man when I was at Northridge who came in and was sitting all by himself. As he's sitting all by himself in the balcony, you convicted me to go sit with him as I sat with him. Father, and I got to learn his story that he was all alone and seeking family. And no one had ever sat with him. He was bowling by himself, going to movies by himself. And Father, just by me walking across the room to sit with him, he found family, he found restoration, he found redemption, he found healing, he found salvation. Father, we're praying for a church that is looking for the prodigals to set them in family. So Father, we're praying for a drawing of your Holy Spirit, that you begin to awaken and draw your sons and daughters, drawing the lost into this place. You draw them into the presence of the Lord, Father. And as they walk into your presence, everything is transformed and changed. And Father, as your word goes forth, it goes forth in power and anointing and authority. To cast down strongholds. To break the ties of the enemy. To break generational curses. And to bring restoration. To bring healing. To bring deliverance. And to bring power back into their lives. And Father, we pray they're not decision-making Christians, they're disciple, Jesus-following disciples. That, Father, we can place and push forward into a move of God. Father, and above all, we pray right now 
Yet as we sit at your feet this week, that you soften our hearts to your spirit. You soften our, our hearts to your voice. Give us clarity of, of hearing. And give us a new power, a new perspective, and a new revelation. say thank you, thank you for all you 
to say thank you, thank you. Can't help but say thank you, thank you for all you've done. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord, for your protection. Say 